following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! First and ten from the 20. Heineke looking end zone, and it is intercepted by Rodney McLeod. I'm not angry, just give me the ball. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm really not angry. There's no reason to be angry, even though Washington is now eliminated from playoff contention because of the fact that the game went pretty much as you expected it to. Welcome to the show, everyone. The first one of 2022. We do have big news to talk about today, as well as hear from head coach Ron Rivera. We'll also update you on where things stand with the Caps. Is well, the Caps just keep rolling along. And pretty soon here, this will become a Capitals-centric podcast because we are Getting close to that time of the year we've all grown accustomed to when the Washington football team says adieu until free agency, the draft, and then OTAs starting in May. Speaking of which, before we get to that, as we come on the air today, you may or may not have heard the news, and that is that February 2nd, 2022 is the day we find out the new name of the Washington football team. If, like me, you were hoping it was going to be Red Wolves, that ain't happening. Uh, A video released uh, this morning, team president Jason Wright says it's not Red Wolves, mainly because of trademark, um, trademark issues. You can probably, our good friend Chris Russell from um, 980, the team up in D.C., Said you could, uh, he tweeted out you could blame the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves for that because they they own the trademarks on uh, just about every single uh, Wolves type nickname that you can come up with. So that is what it is. Uh, the the uh, conventional wisdom now is it's going to be the Washington Commanders. Your Washington Commanders. Eh, not my choice. I thought Red Wolves was a home run. I thought that's what they should have gone with, but they're not going to. My guess is you're going to have a segment of the fan base, what there is left of it, that will love it, and a segment that will hate it. you got to decide for yourself. I think you're going to see a lot of people still, at least for a while, using uh, the name Redskins when they refer to the team. Although, you know, again, give it time, and it's probably going to catch on. Just if for no other reason than just repetition, repetition, repetition. That's what you're going to hear. I mean, I remember when the when the Houston Oilers moved to uh, Nashville, changed their name to the Tennessee Titans. I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. And we've gotten used to the Titans. So over time, 
the name Redskins will fade out and it'll, you know, we'll, we'll see the team as the Washington Commanders or whatever the name happens to be. All right, as for last Sunday, it pretty much went exactly as I expected it to. And the reason I say that is because we've known for a while, whether we've wanted to admit it or not, what this team is. And that's a team that's okay. Not great, not completely New York Jets horrible, but just on the lower end of okay. And that leads you to you know, kind of figuring out where do they need to go in the draft, which if it wasn't obvious before, it has to be obvious to every single solitary person in the universe. Washington needs a quarterback. That's just the bottom line. It ain't Taylor Heineke. I wish it was. I think it's a great story. And those intangibles that Heineke has are important, but it's just, it's just not reality. And if you can find one, I think this team has a chance to be really, really good next year. And the reason I say that is because heading into this weekend, uh, Washington is now 6-10. and 10. If they beat the Giants, who, by the way, are a complete mess, uh, if they beat the Giants this weekend, they'll finish the year 7-10. and 10. That would mark the fifth time in the last six years this team has won seven, eight, or nine games. So where does that put them in the NFL? That puts them in this group of 32 franchises on the lower end of mediocre overall. And, you know, that's we've talked about it before, that, that mushy middle. That means that they're going to beat teams that are really bad and teams that are decent to good, especially ones with something really to play with, i.e. the Eagles last week, they're not going to win. But it also means that there is some talent on this team and one that, and enough talent, I think, that if there is a quarterback that is, you know, is a starting caliber type quarterback, then they've got a chance. So is it going to be Kenny you know, what do they do? Do they trade do they trade up to you know, one of the one of the top two or three picks to ensure they get Kenny Pickett, or do they stay where they are thinking that somebody like Sam Howell can develop into a, a starting quarterback, or do they go all in on a trade, you know, send three number one picks to Seattle for Russell Wilson if they can, you know, it, provided Wilson would actually show up here. I, I don't know. But we'll we'll find out here in, uh, in the next few weeks, that is for sure. All right, Ron Rivera meeting with reporters yesterday after having a day to Kind of get away from the locker room, watch the tape, all that good stuff. His weekly chat. So let's dive right into it. First question for Rivera. Overall impressions, let's call it, of the Week 16 loss to the Eagles. Well, offensively, it was it was kind of um it was it was like a reflective uh, first half to second half. In the first half, we get in the red zone a couple of times. 
but we don't put the ball in the end zone because um, we stopped ourselves. There was a negative play somewhere along the line that was created that hurt us. Getting to the second half, you know, and we had a negative play at the very beginning. Uh, we were backed up with an illegal procedure. Now it becomes first and 15. You got to overcome that, you know. Um, First and 10, we give a big sack, got to overcome that. And it just becomes too much at times to, to, to overcome. And, and that's really kind of what set us back because when we did move the ball, when we did roll offensively, we we're doing some pretty good things. I, I thought some guys played very well. Um, I thought Taylor did the things that you needed to do to give yourself a chance more so than anything else. Uh, I thought John Bates continues to take big strides. Uh, Diami made a couple of plays that, that, that really, you know, you get excited about. Uh, one of them was on special team. Thought he made a heck of a tackle. So you see that that confidence that was building. I think it was one of the really good things that we did was we got him on special teams. He made a couple of plays on special teams, and all of a sudden he's got confidence that hey, I can do this. So that was good to see. Um, you know, and then uh, I, I thought some some elements of the offensive line were good, uh, especially young guys that got opportunities to play. Uh, it was good to see them uh, go out there and, and, and function. I like the young backs. I, I thought Jared. Um, Really had a had a, had a solid day. Performed hard. Played hard. Did, did those those good things that you're looking for. So now, of course, it turns to the future. Uh, even though you've obviously it, it's you know the game against the Giants this weekend. You want to win it. You want to go out on a high note. You want a good taste in your mouth as you head into the off season. But Rivera and his staff make no make no mistake about it. They're looking towards who they're keeping for next year and what kind of players they need to bring in so they don't have a repeat of a 6-11, and 7-10 and 10 season. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that, that we looked at, you know, and, 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 it's, and it, honestly, it just hasn't been what's, what's been on the field, but what has been off the field. And, and, and that's, that's, that's tough sometimes, too. But, you know, I, I think really um, has had a lot to do with uh, just finding players to, that fit, you know, how we wanted to do things, the things that we want to do. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things that, that we've got to continue to look at, just how well do these guys fit. Um, and then staying healthy. I mean, you, you look at some of the things that we've gone through in terms of player health, uh, that's been a hard part of it, uh, especially this year, you know, more so than any, you know, having guys like, you know, J.D. go down uh, and, and Logan go down, and Chase, uh, really, I mean, you know, and then Chase Young, I mean, these are guys that, that you're hoping to, to, to have the next few years as well on your team. But when they get hurt, it, it's kind of tough to, to continue to evaluate everything. Sounds from what we're hearing that Rivera is kind of targeted year three is the year the team makes a big jump. Now you can agree or disagree with that and say that it could have come earlier, but listening and kind of reading between the lines uh, it's uh, the the patience that he's overall preached outside of you know going and trying to win the division last year because of unique circumstances is is that it's definitely he's definitely targeted year three well I think part of it is is Sam finding players if it is you know the, 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 the offensive structure that was here when we got here was different from what we do. The defensive structure is, was different from what we do. Um, and so you try to take those guys and, and see if they fit, see if they mesh and, 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 and with what you want to do. Um, in some cases, you know, they, they have, and in other cases they haven't. 
Um, you know, and then the second part is you got a lot of young guys that are coming from, you know, from, from, from the college ranks, you know, your draft picks, your, your college free agents that have to look at things and understand how to play within the, the, the scheme work. Um, that's part of it too, Sam. I think that's a, that's a, that's a big part of, of finding guys is, is just being able to ID these guys, um, trying to get on the same page with, 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 with the scouting department, you know, the personnel department. That's a big, big thing too, is understanding that, Hey, these are the, the type of players we want for these positions. And it's been good. I, 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 if you go back and look at, in my opinion, the draft and then what we did with free agency and the guys that we were able to, to look at and, and like a great example is the offensive line. You know, one of the things that I think has really helped is just the, the attitude that we want to bring in certain types of guys for, to fit certain types of positions. I think that's what we were able to do. And I think because of that, we were able to keep, you know, at least that group together and performing, you know, as best as they could. And, and that helped us. That gave us a chance. And so that's the kind of thing that we're trying to do for all our positions. One of those positions that he had some interesting comments about was at Mike Linebacker, you know, the guy that, that calls the signals. They were hoping that Jamin Davis was going to develop into that guy as the year went along. But as you saw against the Eagles, Jamin Davis wasn't that guy. You know, the first-round pick only played 13 snaps in the game. And we asked Rivera about that, too, and what the deal is there and where Jamin Davis fits going forward. I think he's a young guy that's got a lot to learn. I really do. Um, you know, I, I know the style of defense they, they played in college is different from things that we asked him to do. So there's a lot of learning that was involved in that. Um, I think not having a, uh, a consistency of a, of, a, of a singular guy like a John Bostic out there all the time, a guy that communicates very well. You know, that's something that I don't, I don't think necessarily was, was one of Cole's strengths coming into this, but I think Cole has developed an awful lot and has really done some really good things. I mean, I thought Cole played a heck of a football game yesterday. I really did. And uh, it was good for him to, to, to work with a guy like a David Mayo, who, uh, who really is a, 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 a solid veteran player, smart guy. Um, that really, I think, helped in terms of Cole's performance. I thought that really helped Cole, took a lot of pressure off Cole, and I thought that gave Cole an opportunity to really play fast. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, that sounds like I would be very, very nervous about their first-round pick from this year if after an entire season there's still a lot for him to learn. He's got the athleticism. He's just got to learn to trust what he's seen on the field. And you know what? Some guys can do that. And some guys can't, and we'll just have to see. Be a big offseason for Jamin Davis. All right, when we come back, we're going to update you on what's going on with the Caps. A little bit of good news there. All that and more as we roll on here on the Bob Matthews Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey fans, listen up. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that's going to make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. Remember, NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know somebody's going to light the lamp, even if it's in a shootout. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long 
with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, throw down a dollar on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Capitals are off until Friday. Reason being, they've got their game with Montreal set for Wednesday night postponed because of COVID. Caps lost one in in, uh, in uh, overtime uh, Monday night to the New Jersey. Uh, yeah, no, was it or was it Sunday? Gosh, good God, all the days are running together now. Sunday. Against the Devils, they spotted uh, New Jersey a 2-0 lead, came back, tied it up late. That's right, I was listening to it driving back from FedEx. Uh, Tied it up late and then lost yet again in overtime. That makes seven straight losses to start the season in overtime for the Caps. They lose it uh, in overtime 3-2. They pick up a point, which means your updated standings in the Metro Division the Rangers have moved into first place, courtesy of a three-game winning streak with 48 points. Caps have 48 points as well, but on goal differential and all the tiebreakers, yada, yada, uh, they are technically in second place. Carolina in third with 47 points. Hurricanes won eight of their last ten, and they are on a four-game winning streak. Keep an eye on the Penguins. Pittsburgh has gotten healthy They've got three games in hand with the Caps. Caps have had the fewest uh, games of anybody canceled. I think they've played more than anybody in the league except Las Vegas. Um, so, uh, you know, the again, the Canes have, what, six points out there uh, that could vault them were they to win all three of those games they've got in hand with the Caps and Rangers vault them well into the lead in the Metro. But as of right now, they're a point behind at 47. Again, like I said, uh, Penguins uh, have three games in hand as well. So, you know, they could be right there uh, on on the Caps' heels. Uh, Pittsburgh is the hottest team in the league right now. They have won eight straight games. Caps hit the road on Friday night. They go to St. Louis to take on the Blues face-off there. 8 o'clock Eastern Time. All right, Mick and the Clock on the Wall say we got to get out of here. We are going to have a live watch-along on Friday night on the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel. So don't forget to join us there. We would love to see you. Again, that is at 8 o'clock face-off Friday night. We'll be on YouTube. Be there. Aloha. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for everything. And we'll see you Friday. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, you wear white. I've been around for a long, long year. So many a man, so 